Okay, here we go. Part two, as promised, only slightly delayed. Asher Winnig coming back at you with the rest of some great stories. Enjoy it. Tune in tomorrow for Lou Maker. Um, so when I became a staff member, um, we there were th- 36 JCs. That's um, huge. If people don't have any perspective on that, that is enormous. Even now, we have a pretty good crew of JCs, and we probably have 25. 36 JCs. And um, I don't know what they were thinking, but they thought, hey, you know what? We should put Zach and Asher in cabin two. They'll be good with the young kids. And I'll tell you, we were fantastic with the kids, but sure. we go into cabin two and, um, the first thing that we do is we start a tennis ball fight in the cabin. And, um, I just remember Zach winding up and side arming this toss and somehow, somehow hits this kid, Brandon K right in the middle of his forehead and he's on the top bunk. And luckily his betting, Duffel was right below him because he went flying off the top bunk and hit the ground on that bed and just stood up and just starts laughing. And everyone was like, ah, like it was great. But I think like that first day and we had these two counselors, we had Rudy. Oh no. Was it, was it Rudy uh, Crawford was our Could be, it could be like, first it might've been early, it, very early. Yeah, right? it might've <clears throat> been, but we, we, we had two SCs and it was three JCs. It was me Zach and uh, Brett Garber, and we, Zach and I had the best time with the kids. Like, we were just always messing around with them, having, doing fun things, but our SCs, like, hated us, and at the start, it seemed like like, everything was going great, and we were like, we're the best counselors. Like, our, the campers love us, like, everything is great, and all of a sudden, like, we realized that, like, Brett Garber just kept in, like, getting called to the, uh, to the green room and he was like getting in trouble. And the reason why is because for some reason the head of SCs, the head of staff thought that he was a problem, but then it didn't take him that long. They realized, Oh wait, we got this all wrong. It's Zach and Asher. <laughs> it was like poor Garber. He wasn't the, <laughs> yeah, poor Garber. Like he wasn't a problem. So all of a sudden we're like, we get called, I hear, you know, Zach Noodleman and Nasher Wenick, please come to the office. You know, we, we go up there and, um, <laughs> like I, I could remember it now. It was Lodi, um, Elliot, uh, Denny, um, and I think Snower as well. Sure. And Elliot looks at us and goes, of 36 JCs, you guys are number 35 and 36. <laughs> and I look at Zach and I look back at him and I go, so who's number 35? And they, he lost it. God damn it. Take this seriously. This is a job. And they, and, but you, if you look over at Lodi, like Lodi's sort of smiling. <laughs> sure, of you know? course. Lodi's I can just, just see like, him dying. Like I, who, who thinks to ask that question? Like we're trying to like tell you that you guys are bad counselors. And in our minds, we're like, we're the best. If you were to ask our campers, like they love us. Right. They went on this whole thing. You guys can't. You 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 guys are are out every single night, and we found this out. 
we were going out every single night because Garber would be in there to hang out. And sure. we had this other guy, Steve, I forgot his name, but he would always stay in too. So we were like, we'll go out. So we went out all the time. Um, we still walked around naked all the time. And they said that was inappropriate. Yeah, you know, you're a staff guy now, I guess. Today, I understand. <laughs> Even when you think about it, that was 2003. It was probably in a... <laughs> Anyways, um, and, and they just went on this whole thing about how we really needed to, to become more, uh, be, become adults and act mature. Sure. And so we said, okay. And so we walked out of there. And that rest period, we decided that we were going to have slap shot competition. And we had a slap shot competition, and we ended up breaking up two, breaking two lights. And then Zach decided that it was the perfect time to get a food run because there's no way that they're going to catch us after just giving it. They're going to think we're on our best behavior. And so, in other words, it, it, they, they got to us. We understood. But we also sort of thought, you know what? Our campers are happy with us, so we'll just stick with the things, nice. way the things are going. But we were really good counselors. I mean, you were a counselor with us. Did sure. you ever have a problem with us? No. Not specifically that I remember. Perfect. <laughs> we were great. So that was our Because cabin 14 and cabin 2 did so many things together. But yeah, totally. I'm sure you guys were great. <laughs> we had our, our campers loved us. Um, and I think that I lost my job or was told that I was going to be fired probably seven times that summer. But not once did I get fired. And it was never for anything really bad. Right. Um, I had Denny asked me if I had a death wish. Um, that was one of the, the greatest things that ever happened. Um, it was not the only... Okay, so what ended up happening the first time they asked me I had a death wish was um, the Kevin 14ers were playing a basketball game against Kawaga, uh, I believe it was. Okay. And it was over on the lake courts. And um, the SCs were off, so they were able to watch. But the JCs, we had to go to um, Stunt Night or something like that. And... Zach and I decided that we were going to go to the game. We got caught. We got kicked out. And I'm walking by the office and I'm going, you know, this is, you know, cussing my brains out. This is ridiculous. Like, like, why would they do this like at night so the campers can't enjoy it? Watermelon was able to watch, but like, why can't they? The rest of the kids, all we want to Sure. And I'm, and Rachel walks out of the office and goes, Asher, Great attitude, way to act mature. And I was like just off. And I just look back and I just go, F you. And I I go, and I go into the, and and, oh, and we didn't end up going to to, uh, the Sunday. We decided we were going to go to our cabin and just chill out there. Sure. Because we were angry. (laughs) At that point, why not? (laughs) Cabin two is good. Uh, Denny, you know, comes around, you know, cabin two, all in, all in, boys. Good night, boys. Good night, Denny. Mr. Wenig never calls me Mr. Wenig. <laughs> like, with my name, it's the most peculiar name to begin. Well, not anymore. I mean, everybody in Ojibwe's name is Asher nowadays. Sure, but, but at the time, he lo- brings me out, and he grabs me, and he goes, do you have a death wish? And I go, no, Denny, I do not. <laughs> and he started talking to me and saying, and I just told him straight up, Like it got the best of me I was really angry You know we talk about competition I was wrong Um, I understand that I really wish I would have been able to watch the game And we just had a competition But it was one of the best things ever Hey Asher do you have a death wish (laughs) I was like no Denny I do not (laughs) So then So and we went out all the time Our second year we were in cabin 11 Um, We had a great group of kids um, And 
this year they decided to put us with two of our other close, like really close friends, um, Brett Pearson and Alex Rosen. Sure. So the staff was <laughs> me, <laughs> Zach Noodleman, Brett Pearson, and Alex Rosen. Mm-hmm. We do you have had anyone else in there? The, there were yeah two, <laughs> two others. You know sure. uh, oh oh and oh uh, Brett Cornblatt who became like I hung out with him all the time. He was sure. the best, and he didn't realize what he was getting himself into. And we had somebody else. I think actually Rudy was in our cabin that year. Okay. We fucked around the whole time. Those campers loved us as well. But now we had people who also were just as immature as us. Well, Zach and I go out one night. Actually, it was me, Zach, and um, and Ro- Alex Rosen go out. And uh, we come back, and we're like, oh, let's wake the kids up and mess around with them a little bit. Oh, you know? boy. And this, there was this big kid, Brett Berlin. And we tried doing the uh, the choo choo train or the you know the the train. You stand on top of them with two lights and you go choo choo and wake like yell and start waking them up like it's sure. Well, it worked way too well. He woke up and just starts going ah ah like freaking out. And we're like, okay, calm down. Like we're gonna wake up, calm down. And he's yelling. So I go to the the counselor's porch. I did. I'm the idiot who did this, and I will admit it. And I take a light, and the light was really bright, so I pointed it down at uh, Zach Sheets. Okay, so, like, next thing you know, I started a fire, and the count... And the, so, I'm like, okay, we have a fire, we got a kid freaking out, what is going on? Like, it smells like burning. Oh, my God, we got in so much trouble. I woke... I remember that was the next time that Denny goes, Asher, do you have a death wish? He goes, if it was anybody else... You would be fired right now. He goes, I want to fire you, but I'm not going to. I was like, okay, what are you going to do? He's like, you are on. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he said this to me, but this is how I remember it. You are on double secret probation. <laughs> you will not go out mm-hmm. for a whole week. And for me, that was like impossible. I was 18 years old. I was a bartender at in-laws right. somehow. Uh, did you know that? Yeah, I did. Uh, somehow I was working behind the bar. <laughs> and I loved, like, I loved going out. My mentality is work hard, play hard. Um, sure. I just didn't work very hard at camp. I was just playing hard and playing hard. And I couldn't go out for a whole week. I was stuck being a counselor. And I'll tell you, it was probably the best thing that he could have done because it really made me mature. I was hanging out with the kids. I realized how much I loved hanging out in the cabin. Sure. Um, late night with the kids. I mean, I always had fun during rest period because I never needed to nap. So I would just play around with them, like make up games. And so it did. It, it, it got me to to hone in on my nice. uh, counselor duties. Plus, I felt I re- after that, I really felt like uh, there might be an opportunity. Like, I might end up getting fired. Um and so, uh, yeah, um, we, uh, we spent a lot of time at in-laws, sure. a lot of time at in-laws, and then they changed the name. I was going to say, that's right before the name changed, because you guys were bartending after the, those guys bought it, Yeah, um, but before it became Zingers. Before it became Zingers. And then before and they moved before out into the boondocks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. In-laws was the best. We had so much fun there. It was our bar. Yeah, absolutely. It was our bar. We would have... All the girl camps come and hang out with us. We would also go to like geos and and like our first year staff. Um, we went to the bowling alley all the time. Oh right, sure. Um, actually, you know what? In laws wasn't open 
our first year as staff. I don't believe. I actually, I think it, it didn't open until our second year. Right, because it had closed down completely mm-hmm. before those people bought it. Whoever, yes. the, whoever had it before, yeah, gone away. Yeah, um, that's right. And so uh, we spent a lot of time. I mean, oh, we would be at the bowling alley. We bowl. Like, I'm not joking. All of us were bowling two hundreds. Like we were, we were awesome. We were there every day. The, the crappy pizza there. <laughs> sure. There's this whole. Oh, that's another thing. Like everybody loves the Northwood pizza. It is not as good. <laughs> it is not as good. <laughs> As, as people make it out to yes. There is, is literally nothing worse than Alexander's Pizza. I'm just, <laughs> I will say it. I have no problem saying that. It is I, literally the worst pizza. I I've like ever. Alexander's Pizza, but it is not. <laughs> it is not that great. Um, but uh, <laughs> it just tastes like camp. That's yeah, all. It, it just it, tastes like it's camp. camp. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been having it since I was, you know, right, exactly. my brother. So since I was like three years old. Right. It's like <laughs> special vacation food. Yeah. You always go to this place, but it's really terrible. Yeah. Uh, and um, is that your last, so then is that your last year? As a, no, I spent another year as a counselor. Um, Zach and I were together again. They couldn't split us up. Sure. They, uh, actually I got a call and I, I, I got a call asking if, if they could split us up and we said no. Um, and I believe that, I believe they called Zach and Zach was like, uh, okay. You know, like, and then they called me and I was like, no, I was like, I'm not going to camp without Zach. Like Zach and I are best buddies that yeah. we want to be together. And, uh, and so we were together again. And that year Zach got really sick. He was sick for like all the second four. Mm. Um, it, it, it was just such a different, oh, the girls that we were hanging out with, uh, from the other camps, uh, weren't our age anymore. And oh, sure. they were, yeah. you know, they were hanging out with the, so we were just we were just sort of, we, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I felt older then. I'm 30 now. I felt older then <laughs> right. than I do now. So you're the old guy at camp. Like, yeah. Why is that guy still here? We had, a, we had a great time. I coached the week that year. It was my first year coaching the week as, a, as an SC. My, uh, my JC was uh, uh, Todd Goldner, who was, who was fantastic. Uh, he was awesome. Um, and uh, we didn't do that well. But, um, I'm we sure had, you had a great stunt. Are we, we won stunt night, or we placed in stunt night. I'm what not sure just, if we do won. Do you remember what it was? We had Zach Glazer, who, who is still, uh, his brother is one of my, my closest friends. Um, Zach Glazer, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Zach didn't, was terrible during all of our rehearsals, and we're like, why? You know, we had him in this, I, I can't think of the other kid's name, uh, Skolnick or... Oh, Jack Skolnick. Zach and Jack? Maybe, I don't know. Could be. Those two. Yeah. Because uh, we did, like, the Cabin 14 movie I did with those two guys being the stars because they were both very funny. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yes. So, it's called, like, so I think we had both of those guys, I think. Nice. And we thought that we were like, I don't know, this isn't going to do well unless Zach, really, when when the, the lights are on, like, Zach was fantastic. <laughs> and, like, the, the stunt went really, really well. And, uh, and we, we, we did really, we did well. We placed, we definitely nice. placed, but then, well, you know, sometimes yeah. somebody's in your show and they don't really give it their all until performance. And then all of a sudden in the performance, you're like, Oh, there it is. I still can't believe you didn't give me a bigger <laughs> role. I would have made Annie just make totally. me an Annie. <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> well, I have a great story from, uh, your counselor days that is huge for me. Uh, I was not an Ojibwe guy. I came in as a staff guy during a time period where we were still, we were hiring guys from college, which is great. And, uh, you either kind of eventually fit in or you don't, you either stay for a year or two and go away, or you eventually kind of fit in. 
and I eventually kind of fit in. It was great. And I started doing the video stuff and, and, uh, I always had a relationship with 14. So then once I moved into 14, I was always with the oldest guys. So like, you know, I got my credibility, but I didn't really do, I wasn't really a sports guy. I didn't coach because I was always doing other stuff. And it wasn't, I didn't like it. I umped softball and stuff, but I just didn't do sports stuff. And certainly no one knew anything about my sports abilities. And one year we decided that we were going to do a competition amongst staff guys during pre-camp. And it was like, everyone was on one of four teams and we played all the team events. So my first team event is box hockey with you. (laughs) I've never played box hockey. And obviously... There is zero, I mean, I, I'm the complete underdog. I get a first point. Everyone's like, whoa. And I know you're getting it hard. I, I mean, for me, whatever, but you're going to get, you're going to killed for this if you lose. Okay. You got a point. No big deal. Whatever. Second point. I step in the box because I don't know the rules. What? <laughs> okay. It's tie game. And I super pressure. It's the first time I've ever felt that Ojibwe pressure. And it, for, to me, it was enormous because I'd never been there before. You've been there a million times. And somehow I got it out a win. And I mean, I got some cheers. I got some lift up like you do after a good box hockey win, but you got killed. I <laughs> just killed. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. And the funny thing is, is like I rarely lost box, box hockey. Like that was you one of the intense. Definitely that overly that. confident too, to yeah. be fair. I mean, I got, I had everything in my favor. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. But you, you know, I've heard you say that I, I, I listened to the podcast and I've heard you say, Oh, like you weren't accepted and, and you know, initially, et cetera. I feel like we always thought that you were the greatest. Like when you came in, I remember you came in and you were like, you, the first thing you like introduced yourself as big sexy, you know? <laughs> and I remember like, I was still a camper. I think, yeah, I was a hundred. I was a hundred percent still, still camper. And I remember like Brett Victor, I think like just being like, who, who, you know, who like is the most judgmental guy. And should, <laughs> I love you, Brett, but you should not be the, the, as judgmental as he is. <laughs> You know, like being like, like, who calls themselves Big Sexy? I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I want to, like, I, I self-proclaim my things all the time, myself all the time. I was like, if that guy is confident enough to self-proclaim himself something and live by it, then that guy is 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 a is an OG. Like, that's funny. Like, so I, I don't know. Like, we, I always thought that you were really cool. Like, I mean, there was a few times that we had a beer and went out. Sure, I, absolutely. I think I'm almost positive. I might be making this up. Fair enough. But I'm almost positive that you and I once played pool against townies and ended up winning like three three rounds of oh, beer I'm sure. on the townies. Oh, I'm they were sure. Like, they were like, yeah, th- this this little Jewish guy, you know, burly, you know, guy <laughs> isn't going to beat us. And next thing you know, like we're taking like, you know, not m- m- money. There was no money no, exchange right. for beers. But, but playing for drinks. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I'm sure that's true. I mean, every time I went to in-laws, yeah. I definitely played for, for drinks. <laughs> yeah. Did not have to buy any drinks. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh it was just huge because, uh, I mean, there were aspects that fit in. Listen, I can always tell a story about some date I'd been on or some uh, lascivious adventure I'd had, and that could get me in pretty well. <laughs> there are some stories out there, but uh, just sort of like total true acceptance. Um, you do have to have some of that sports element in some way, whoever you are. And that moment really did a thing for me that I don't even think I was aware of for a while. Because it just made me part of the group in a way that I hadn't been before. And I know you took a hit for it. But at the same time, we were buddies enough that you would have been like, that's cool. Like, yeah, I'm happy was, to do that for you. It was not a problem. I actually yeah. remember that. And I, and I will tell you that before you said that, I never would have 
remembered it and it, it, it was long <laughs> gone in my memory bank. And the, now I have to spend another, what it's, you know, another 11 years to forget it. So I, I appreciate you bringing that up and I'm happy that it's going to be on my podcast that yeah. a, a bunch of people Perfect. are going to be hearing. Yeah. That's, that's not going to get edited out. I might move it to the front. I like it. I like it. Um, you know, that, but that's the great thing about Camp Ojibwa is you do find your way into camp. You find your way to become a part of the community. If you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to stay, if you're going to stick around. Yeah. I mean, we had a group of kids that were not necessarily, were not the best athletes, but they all found like their niche, um, you know, either on the sports field or off the sports field, just by being a part of there's, it's more about the hang than anything. At camp Absolutely. Ojibwa. Absolutely. And you hear it all the time. It doesn't matter how old you are. When you're on that campus, I mean, you're a brother. You're part of the community, um, and uh, you're an equal. You know, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, uh, the, you know, a, you know, a, a CPA who runs his own firm, a hedge fund manager. Um, it, it doesn't matter when they come onto campus. They're going to be hanging out with that. You know, yep. uh, thirteen-year-old in cabin six or <laughs> seven, whatever it is, um, and and talking to them just like they would talk to uh, you know their buddy that they're going you know to you know Gibson's and having a steak with. Yep, absolutely. And that's like the the great thing about Camp Ojibwa, and it's just the that's the magical thing about those grounds. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like to this day. You know, like the people my, coming. I just moved back to Chicago from New York. I've been. I was living in New York. Started a company out there, and I, and I started to hate it. And uh, so I decided to sell my stake in it and come back to Chicago, nice. which is where my family is. And what I've realized being back in Chicago is it's not only my family. Like it's Ojibwa. I go to you know go to Michael's and there's like 15 people I know when I walk in there and. My brother plays basketball. My brother Seth Wenig plays mm-hmm. basketball every like Thursday. It's like a bunch of Ojibwe guys, and he's like so into it. You know, like he hangs out with his Ojibwe friends more than he probably hangs out with our family. You yeah, know? for sure. And it's just it's just funny. You know, I didn't have that in, in New York. Now I would see people from Ojibwe in right. New York. You know, Michael Rudoy when he was there, we. You know, hung out a few times. And I saw him a few times. You, I, 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 that was later on in my, uh, right. But like, you know, I see you and it was easy to catch up and yeah, we there's a handful about, of guys there. Like Rockham, I think is out there. Rockham was out um, there, but I never, Kevin I never Feldman's was, out there. No. So, but you know, it, it, it's different than here. And, and even, different. and for me living in New York all these years, it's been different here. Even just doing the project. Like when I get to come to town and spend a week, I'm bumping into guys everywhere. I'm like, this is so great. I'm actually talking about, um, I may live here next year between camp seasons just to finish out the project and work toward the 90th thing and all that kind of stuff. And that's so cool to me to be able to be like, I live here. I'm going to bump into camp people all the time and yeah. have not just an off season, but like a camp off season too. Yeah. And I love like, and, and the, the best, the best. Um, I did this, this was uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, it was three weeks ago. I'm, I'm dry. I uh, just finished up at the gym. And then, so it's like, it's eight o'clock in the morning. Just get done at the gym, and I see that there's a car with an Ojibwe sticker on it. I'm like, one is, I'm like, I didn't know people put camp stickers on their cars. Sure. Uh, and I'm sure you've never seen a car with a camp Ojibwe <laughs> sticker on it, right? Driving oh. through Manhattan or Brooklyn. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, and, or Kentucky. Um, but I, so I decide to pull up to the car, and I give a little honk, roll down my window, and it's a mother. And I said, I said, uh, so your child goes to Ojibwe, huh? And she goes, she goes, yeah, I go, 
Chief O2, and I just rolled my window <laughs> up and <laughs> drove off. That's awesome. Uh, She's like, I have no idea. She, had, she had no idea. She was like, Chief? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, there's nothing. I, I, I mean, Ojibwa, let's see, I spent 13 years there, so I, I spent like, you know, over two years of my life on those, on those grounds. Not to mention I visited from when my brother started going in 96 when I was one years old. Um, and, uh, I went up a a few years, but I haven't been back. I'm going up for the first time in a while this year for BPS. Nice. Awesome. Uh, which I'm pretty excited for. And, um, yeah, camp is just a big, big part of me. Yeah. I love it. So half your life. Yeah. And now BPS, maybe you can, yeah. Come Continue to go. Continue awesome. to go. All right. Well, as you know, when we wrap this thing up, there's two big questions at the end. So first and foremost, you're a grown-up, sort of, at this point. How has camp and half your life spent there affected your life? So it's really funny. I think that, that Camp Ojibwa gave me so much confidence. Um, and I, I have a lot of that. And um, I really thank Camp Ojibwa for that because it allowed me to become, I mean, at such a young age, um, allowed me to become um, a man. Um, now I, I've learned some of the worst habits in my life from, from camp. I mean, sure. if, uh, you know, if I'm for, and, and I'm sure everybody who goes to Ojibwe has this problem, but it hasn't left me. It's like when I get comfortable, so my pants all just go right down into my pants. <laughs> if I'm like hanging out, um, it, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, where I am, I'll be in a movie theater. And next thing you know, my hands will just go into my pants. Um, now I know it sounds weird. Um, I don't do it when I'm wearing jeans, um, sure. but if I'm wearing like mesh shorts or sweatpants, you know, it just happens. <laughs> um, you know, we actually really haven't hit that topic very often on the podcast. If you're listening at home and don't know what we're talking about, there is a, a bit of a predilection for Ojibwe guys to put their hands comfortably in their pants. Now they will tell you over the boxers. That's what they will say. Yeah. I don't expect. Yeah. But, uh, sure. But yeah, it is a thing that uh, many an Ojibwe guy gets very comfortable doing right away. Well, let's talk about some of those things, Chris. <laughs> the, the, there are so many things that people do at camp and they just seem normal, like, yeah. because everybody's doing it, but they are so disgusting. So there's putting the hands down the pants. Sure. There's no question about it. Like, th- right. Like it's it's going underneath the boxer, right? Okay, don't tell me it's not. Then yeah. just don't even bother yeah. with that argument. Um, the the openness of gold bond usage. Oh, sure. Not, like I, I don't like my age group. I mean, it was like there was like a cubby that had just gold. That bond was on just it. gold bond. <laughs> And, it, and it's like everybody, like, it was just like, come on, go by. All right, let's go yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, the whole cabin looks like the floor of like a 75 year old's gym. <laughs> oh. It's just powder everywhere. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I just the the openness of of hey anybody need to go take a deuce and sure I mean you had groups go take Zach and I took deuces I had a um, there's two summers where I had my own little um, uh, what do you call it? cat caddy uh, shower caddy oh sure mm-hmm. just with um, really soft toilet paper okay um, gold bond aloe vera lotion. Um, I had this little TV thing so I could, you know, pick up a TV when I was sitting out there and, and, uh, and we would, we would go like, that's, I would bring it with me, go sure. out there. We would, we would sing, mm-hmm. um, we would discuss. What you know, was your preferred spot? Shower house or we, I, I was always a, um, a shower house guy. Yeah. Um, 
the shower house had the uh, uh, the, uh, the the bigger stall, right? The the one in the corner, right? And I would wait for that one. We call it like a handicap stall. It, it was it's a clear, handicap. I mean, maybe not. it is, maybe the, it's the not. Opening but it's just, isn't, right. Yeah. But it's it's giant compared yeah. to every other bathroom. Yeah, that so can. I, yes. I really loved uh, love that one. Sure. Um, and I mean, we would go. We I didn't even have to go, but he would like have to go, and I'm like, yeah, I'll come with you. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't only Zach; it was a bunch of people. Alex Rosen, uh, you know. Our age group was awesome, and I, I have. I'm I'm sorry I have to do this, but like, there's Blake Dermer who was an awesome guy. The sure. Goldman Twins. I was like, like don't I leave loved, anyone out. I loved. I'm going to end up leaving someone out. Those guys were great. Uh, Jesse Footlick was a part of our group. Sure. Um, although he left, he wasn't with us in 14. Um, uh, there was uh, Matthew Bashwinner, who was who's okay. to this day one of my best friends. Uh, Blake. Gri- uh, Blake Griffin. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> there was no one that tall at Camp Ojibwe. <laughs> uh, yeah, Griff Condon, um, who, who was a, a John Zacharias. Oh, sure. Uh, Robert Zacharias. Uh, is uh, Michael Kind in that group? Oh, my God. Kind bud. Um, yeah, Michael Kind was, was a gem. I mean, that guy was, was <laughs> awesome. Uh, when he started camp in, in 95, and when he introduced himself I'm pretty sure he said, hi, my name is Michael Kine and um, Chase Stern, um, who was in Kevin 13 with us as well, didn't do 14 with us, um, goes to me and goes, he can name every single president. <laughs> Absolutely. Michael Kine's claim to fame. You, you say the number, he says the president. Say the number, he'll Boom. name the president. Absolutely. And, and it, it turned into him, Shovers, and, and a bunch of guys, I think I could probably do it too, can name the Collegiate Week winner for yeah. us every single year. I th- I could do a lot of them. I can't do all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's very impressive. I talked to Shovers about that. How there's always a couple a couple of guys that are camp statisticians like that. There's yeah. uh, uh, Matt Goldstein. Matty Goldstein now is like that, and he can tell you like six years ago who went fifth in the sixth round. But and it's just astounding. But the the awesome thing about our age group is everybody took pride in it. We we all we all sort of did it. We all we all did it. We yeah. all. We're and it's a love really of camp. I mean, it really is about a love of camp. It's like, yeah. I, I want to know more about camp. I want to be more a part of it. How can I be more than just a camper? What else can I do to be yeah. a part of it? Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was the greatest. It was really the greatest. Oh, did you ever, did anybody talk to you about the Pathfinder? Uh, tell me more. Oh my God. There was this guy, we called him the Pathfinder. Um, I want to say his name. Oh, is this Tom Dorch? Dorch is before my time. I never yeah. got to meet him. All right. But so, later on. So, uh, when, uh, we were required to, to go on overnighters when, Oof. when I started camp, we had to go brutal and, uh, Tom, I mean, this guy, he when he was scary because he was just like the, you know, the way that he held himself. I mean, the guy wore like the same pair of pants, the same shirt, always had like a like knives all over him, like rope. <laughs> like when I picture him and I know like, obviously I was a little kid, I was seven, eight, nine years old. Sure. The guy seemed like he always had everything on him. Like he, he was one of those guys who had like the little cup that like folded out, you know. And like I, I always think of like uh, Kevin Costner in um, in Waterworld. And, oh, sure. And I could just see him like pissing into it and somehow turning it into water just by staring at it. <laughs> um, like, like that's like the, the guy was Golden. incredible. So we end up going on this like camping trip with him, and. I don't know how it like of all the things we forget toilet paper oof and uh and we forget like part like one of the boxes of food um which I think is where the toilet paper I think the toilet paper was with that yeah, box sure. of food sure so we go on this trip and we're in cabin one and we are, like have no idea like what's going on and 
to like really just we're talking about you know eight year olds. He starts telling us about bears being in the woods, and oh. and then like our counts and like and and I don't think Snower went on the trip with us. I think Snower always found his way out of of going on, and, that and I seems think that's reasonable. when we had to go on it twice. He had to do first four and second four, even though oh. like it was a wow. Um, anyways, I just remember having to go take a deuce, going out there, and I'm like, I have to use a damn leaf to wipe my ass, <laughs> and I I just. I got to tell you, I ended up having the worst rash on my ass for like a full <laughs> week of camp. That is an eighth of my, my camp experience. It was me with a, with a terrible rash on my tuchus. <laughs> but no, Tom Dorsch, I just remember Tom Dorsch. I mean, that guy was the, one of the, a scary, scary guy. Yeah. I and mean, that guy was just weird. But cool. <laughs> but cool. Like Contributed Nesper. to camp. Like Nesper. Uh, the question was always, where does he sleep? Mm. And it would, and everyone would just say Kevin Three Trail up in the trees. Like, why do you think? Why do you think Zeke, Zeke never? Uh, True, he's keeping up. Zeke at bay. He's he, he's the person who's <laughs> keeping Zeke at bay. He's uh, yeah, he's he's our uh, vampire slayer. Wow. So we're winding down a little bit. Have we missed anything on the list? I'm sure there's so much. I mean, I could talk about <laughs> camp forever, right? Uh, but but the way that camp has changed me is really just uh, the the amount of confidence that I have uh, just being able to be amongst my peers and uh, realize that, that as long as I'm myself, um, you know, just be yourself and, and, you know, things will work out for you. Uh, not necessarily good or, you know, but just things will, you know, just, just be yourself, I think, was, is, is rule number one when it comes to what you should be learning at camp. Yeah. Um, it also taught me to be such a clean human being. Um, I have... I'm probably the best folder <laughs> ever. Um, I still like make my bed every morning. Um, I don't do hospital corners. I despise there are hospital corners is top three things I hate m- most in life. Wow. Um, and it's, I hate getting into a bed and feeling trapped, but Camp Ojibwa, um, it, it stopped to it change my, my first, I think it was my first three years. It might have been just my first year, 93, but you were required to make your bed. And if you didn't OJ fold, if you didn't have hospital corners, like you were getting, you weren't getting a nine or a 10 in yeah. cleanup. Um, and uh, we didn't get treats every single night. Actually, in cabin one, I don't, we rarely got treats because they didn't want to give us a sugar high, even though we were all going to pass out within five seconds anyway. Right. Um, but. Yeah, I mean that. The, mm. the, I'm I'm one of the best folders you'll ever be. <laughs> I, I, my shelves were always impeccable. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, so you would think like, how does Camp Ojibwa teach you how to be clean? It was because it was such a mess, and the kids were such messes that I had to hone in on being right. clean myself. I just have to control the things I can control. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so so and, and and camp just, I mean, the the networking and. Being able to live alone, um, even though you're again among, amongst a bunch of your peers, like without your your parents, I mean it's a it's a it's a game changer in a young person's yeah. life, and uh, just playing sports on a regular basis, and you're not playing with the, um, you know, the same kids for every sport, you know, so it's like there's different dynamics mm, uh, for yeah, each team sure. and the way that you operate, and um, it was, I mean, I didn't think about it until, um, I really started listening to the podcast and I was like, you know, one of the things that people aren't talking about is the different team dynamic. 
mm. that you're for collegiate week. Like you could just get thrown into a team and you're wor- you're wor- you're playing with them for a short period of time. I mean, in business or you know any working environment, I mean, you could get thrown into a group and it's like you have to make it work. Yeah. And it's a great call. I learned how to do that at Camp Ojibwa um, and working with different groups um, on different things, different projects, yeah. um, different sports. Um, so I think that that is one thing that people haven't talked about that I, I think it is, is probably one of the biggest, uh, uh, the, one of the greatest things I learned from camp is just being able to work in a team environment. Nice. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, uh, and you know, the last question. A great story. I already talked about the 36 out of 36, which I I love that story. All right. This is a great story. I'm not going to say any names, but this is a great story. Um, It was uh, our first year as counselors. Um, It was pre-camp or, you know, uh, yeah, Mm pre-camp. And um, me and some of the other counselors, it was not Zach, uh, decided that we were going to take springs out of one of the counselor's beds and make his bed um, and take him out and get him, you know, shit-faced. <laughs> so we took the... These are the old beds. I don't so know. The, do they still so have those? the underneath part that's the holding the bed up. The underneath part was springs. Yes. Okay? And so we took off each one of the springs oh, on the bed and then made his bed on top of it. And we take him out and we... I mean, this is a, you know, 17-year-old kid. Sure. We get him absolutely just plastered, <laughs> and he comes back, and we're all waiting. You know, we're all just like waiting. We're, he's like, "Why are you guys in my cabin? Like, what are you doing here?" <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, you know, we just want to. You know, you're a little drunk. We want to make sure." He's like, "All right." He's about to sit down on his bed, and we're like, "Oh!" oh. And this guy go to the bathroom, brush my teeth. <laughs> like this kid is thinking about brushing his teeth now. Like <laughs> what? Goes back, goes to brush his teeth. He comes back out. Half the guys are already gone by now. And he just does this wind up and jumps into the bed, goes right through, (laughs) nails his head. (laughs) And looks up at us and just goes, starts crying and yelling. We're like, shh, oh my God. (laughs) And oh my God, it was so funny. Nice. We, um... Same kid, Zach and I wanted to go to uh, Triggs and buy a lobster and put the lobster in his bed. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, but Triggs wouldn't allow us to leave with a live lobster. I think that's reasonable. Um, that's I'm, a very reasonable move on Triggs' part. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> we were offering them a lot of money, okay, in order to get that lobster out of there. They wouldn't do it. I mean, the, 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 it's so, the, the, the best stories at Camp Ojibwe you're never going to get on a podcast and the reason sure. why is because it's those little things like the um, the elephant, you know, the, ele- the, the yes. elephant thing. How many know? elephants are in the jar? How many elephants right. in the jar? And the, you know, watching, like hanging out at volleyball, you know, we there, there was three volleyball courts mm-hmm. and you'd have to like wait for a game to end and just sitting there and just, you know, shooting the shit with your friends. Yep. And, you know, during softball, again, just shooting the shit with your friends and. Uh, the amount of like week, like talking about the week and then it turning into uh, a girl conversation and then it's sure. talking about like how we could. Oh, we, we used to raid the uh, the candy shack all the time. Sure. Um, 
like, you know, like, how are we going to do it? Oh, let's get Tamir, like, and have Tamir come in and tell us how we could do it. Um, We used to, like, it's things like that. You're right. It's those tiny little moments, the things that are so inconsequential. Like, when I was upping softball, instead of doing the number one or two, I'd be like, the Beatles or the Stones. Oh, my God. It's like I came in and changed the whole game. You know, it's everyone has those little tiny things. And, and, you know, at camp, it's enormous. Yeah. In real life, people are like, I I don't understand. Yeah. So you just showed me a picture of uh, Cabin One in uh, 94 with, uh, let's see, it's me in the middle holding the honor cabin with Brett Pearson sitting next to me. Um, Jacob, uh, what was his name? Jacob Schur. Oh, it says the names underneath it, so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Timmy Shelvers and and uh, Jeff Olazar. Oh my God, I'm not going to name this kid's name because people know him, and I'm sure he might end up hearing it. But this kid in this cabin, um, pissed on my bed, <laughs> and so he was so homesick that he would pee and 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 deuce himself like on a oh, regular basis. That's brutal. On a regular basis. And so uh, cabin one, we were like, we're, let's go on to the rafters. And I had the first bed right next to the counselor's porch. So you had to climb up my bed to get up there, right? Sure. <laughs> Kid terrible. is climbing up there and he pisses all over my bed. And so like I go and I sit down on my bed and I'm like, oh my God, someone pissed my bed. Now, do you know how hard it is to sell that someone pissed on your bed? <laughs> right. Right, especially in cabin, it's not like your cabin fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. you could probably be like, all right, I'm like, that's bullshit. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I had to tell them that he pissed his that he pissed my bed, and then finally they checked, and yeah, he had pissed himself, and I was, I was, I was about to go into tears because I was like, I didn't do it, like I didn't pee myself. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good enough story to call a great story. Yeah, uh, Ashley, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you you here. A pleasure. The Hungarian chief. The Hungarian chief. I like (laughs) it. Okay, that is it. Another one in the books. Asher Winnig. Obviously, we had a great time. Uh, we just could not stop talking about camp. And in fact, there's probably another, we probably went on for another half hour before he left. (laughs) We just, you know, it was a great time and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. My apologies for the technical difficulties this week. Thank you for persevering, sticking through, and being able to be patient and wait till this weekend to get part two of this excellent episode. As I mentioned before, stay tuned. Tomorrow, we'll drop the new week's episode, and that'll be Lou Mager. So fire up for that. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, as always, you know how, drop me an email, Christopher at CampoJibbaHistory.org. Or, of course, you can just swing by the website, CampoJibbaHistory.org, and check it out. While you're swinging by websites, just surfing those internets, feel free to stop by OJ90.com, OJ90. Check out all the information about the 90th summer celebration. Uh, You can actually go ahead and book your hotel rooms now at the Westin if you'd like, and you can see what's coming up. It's uh, all the new information will be there as the time goes by. So that's the place to check it out. Okay, that is it. Uh, this now I feel like I'm in a Chicago winter. Now I'm starting to understand what's going to go on here. I was not prepared, and I'm still not. But I guess that means no cigar for me. 